it's that time of the night where we're going to hear the Word of God. And you know, we got Pastor Kerry that's about to bring the Word. He brought such an amazing Word this morning. I believe he's got a Word from God for us tonight. So can we put our hands together and welcome Pastor Kerry as he brings. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand to the place. Come on, a resurrected Jesus. Give him some praise in the house. Ah, give these guys a hand as well. Thank you so much. So good, so good. Well, you can grab a seat right now. I believe God's going to do something significant in this place. Maybe you can turn you up a bit and uh, that would be great. like to hear that. Just close your eyes and put your hands out in front of you. I don't know about you. Number of reasons why people show up to church. Maybe you came because you wanted to hang out with someone. Maybe it was the worship. Maybe it's the preaching. All those things are good, but at the end of the day, I just want to say this. We're here to have an encounter with God. Great Holy Ghost, we welcome you to walk down every aisle, through every seat row. Would you touch every life? Some of you are already going to start to tangibly feel the presence of God in this place. Is it God that wants to wrap his arms around about you? Kind of feel like there's a few individuals in this room that just need a hug from Papa in heaven to let you know that it's going to be okay. You're going to be able to get through this week. Going to be able to fight that fight and going to knock that giant down tell you that you're doing well. He wants you to know he's proud of you, that your best days are ahead. Father, fill the hearts of every individual right now. In Jesus' name. So good. So good. Wow. What a day. We had an amazing morning this morning. Who was here this morning? few hands around about the place here, and I want to encourage you, don't just forget that message, take it, apply it, and uh, see the results, see the results, I tell you, and if you missed it, go online, it's on Facebook, I even watched myself today. I, I remember, I, I was a budding preacher, got filled with the Holy Ghost at uh, 19, and, and you know what, I, I, I felt like God called me to the nations, called me to preach, but I had no bookings. So, you know, I preached to trees. One time I preached to my dog and he got on his back and like this. And I said, come out in the name of Jesus. One time I preached to myself on the mirror. Took up an offering, received it as well. Great move of God that day was, I tell you. It's a beautiful thing. Hey, I've got to thank this church one more time, but your pastors have been heroes to us 12 years ago. I remember sitting in a service in this place and I look across this place and I see some faces that were there even back there 12 years ago. We were about to launch out on the Gold Coast and what, what, what a journey that has been. We've planted a couple of other churches since then. We've got one up in Harvey Bay right now. But a few months ago, we, we we'd, uh, well, we, we, we three, years, three years ago, we went over to the US to, to Dallas because we felt sitting in our hearts that there was a city 
uh, that God was moving us to and the advice we got, will you go? And our kids were, you know, my daughters at the time, they were 16 and 18. And the advice we got was unless you got 100% uh, you know, buying from each other, don't, don't do that because you don't want to throw their faith. I mean, if, if you're not all in agreement, maybe with the young kids, you can do it, but don't throw their faith. Went over there and uh, I had the thumbs up. My wife had the thumbs up. My oldest daughter, Michaela, had her thumbs up. But my youngest, Summer, she's like, hell no, I'm not going over there. You plant a church, dad, you stay there for life. And uh, I mean, she, she just, and it was all about stage of where she was at with her family, you know, friends and everything in that space there, I had to lay that down. And I literally, I laid it down. It was not an easy thing, but laid that thing down. But uh, God resurrected it with a prophetic word Pastor Phil gave me in November. And, and what happened was there was something sitting inside me, stirring, but I didn't tell a soul. I didn't even tell my wife. I didn't want to talk about it because we'd been there before, picked it up, put it down, picked it up, put it down. There's no point talking it about again because we laid it down three years ago. Just after New Year's, summer, Walks up to my wife, Rianne, she goes, I feel like we're about to, to shift house. She's got a bit of a prophetic edge to her. And Rianne said to her, well, we've talked about, you know, getting a house with a pool and a bit of storage. She goes, no, no, no. Because I hate to say it, but I think we're going to Dallas. Rianne said, Rianne said this. She said, well, you're three years too late. Better go and tell dad. He pulled me into the room. And uh, so I said, well, this is what's going on in my heart. So I, for the first time, shared what had taken place over those four or five weeks leading up to that moment, 24 hours after that, my daughter, who's now living in Canada and in, in Toronto, she was over for Christmas. And she walks in the room and she uh, was telling us about her first date with her now fiance. <laughs> She's getting married. Uh, what happened was, is that uh, she then said that, you know what, in that conversation, he was trying to work out, you know, where he's headed in life. And he asked me that, that question, what's your dream? Where do you want to end up? She said, I want to plant a church in Dallas. She goes, you need to get dad in the room right now. She called me into the room. And that was the moment four of us came into agreement. Wow. True story, true story. And about a month after that, sat with your pastor upstairs and shared the hour and a half version of story after story like that. And uh, you know what? They've said, hey, you got to go and plant this church. And so uh, end of November... We, we, we go on the road and uh, we itinerate until the, we get the green, uh, the, green, the green light thumbs up from immigration and uh, we're going to head over and start a church there in Dallas, Texas. It's a beautiful thing. So, but can we thank your pastors? They're amazing. So good. So good. Look at the person next to you. Look at them in the eyes. Just, just look one person on either side. Just one person. Look them in the eyes and say these words. Say these words, will you marry me? Come on, did anyone get a yes? Do you got a yes over there, did you? We can, we, I'm a marriage celebrant, we can do this. Come on, come on, five weeks is it? Five weeks, you're getting married. Come up here guys, let me pray for you. Five weeks, yeah. Come, 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 quickly. Drop your hands in my hands. Thank you, Jesus, Father. I declare, like I see right now, a door opening up. It's a gate. It's a gate that's opening up. And it's like a gate that has had a padlock. It's, 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 it's been bolted down. 
and hasn't opened up. It's, it's been, I see you've been frustrated because you know what, it's a place that you wanted to step into. And I kind of feel like that, you know what, this next season, I hear the word, the, the, the word three, I believe in the next three months, God is gonna unlock something in your world. I don't know what your name is, sir, but I understand this is that, you know what, there is something that God is unlocking in your world. And I believe in three months, God's gonna unlock that. You're gonna step into new fields, new pastures where God is gonna bless your lives like you could never think or imagine. This is a season to dream. Dream, dream like you've never dreamed before. Come on, sit together, dream big dreams and believe. Don't, 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 don't let the past limit you. I know you've been beaten up. I know you've had moments where the enemy's come and taken a few blows this way and that way. Sister, let me tell you, your best days are ahead. Come on. There's a champion, there's a warrior sitting inside of you. It's time to rise. Let that warrior rise. You're gonna conquer every devil. You're gonna slay him in Jesus' name. Best days are ahead. Give these guys a hand. Bless them in Jesus' name. So there are these birds in Mexico and every year around the same time, they take off and they fly and they land in the exact same spot in Alaska. And then there's a time where they all take off in the same direction and they land in the exact same spot in Mexico and they do that every year. There's something built inside of them that returns them to where they come from. You can take a homing pigeon. You can put it in a cage. You can throw a blanket over it. You can drive a thousand kilometers in any direction. It's confused. It doesn't know what it, but you let that pigeon go. What it'll do is it'll fly up and it'll circle three times. And once it gets to the third time, it'll know exactly where home is and will fly direct home. Why am I saying that? It's because... As I found this, that you know what, there are so many people, I get the job to pass the people. I get the job to, to work with people that have come to Christ and you know what a great day it is when someone comes to Christ, right? When someone's life is turned around, when they're delivered of their sin, they're forgiven. You hear what I'm saying? It's a great day when that happens. Joy fills them. But if you ever notice, it's kind of like, you have the season, Christ comes to your life and you're, you're running into your future. It's kind of like the horizontal bungee cord. At some point, you get dragged back into the old ways. Come on, give me a show of hands so you understand what I'm talking about. You get dragged back into the old sin, the old man, the old life. And you've got this love-hate relationship with this stuff. Like, like you, you, you love it, but you hate it. There, there's, there's shame, there's embarrassment in this stuff. You, you don't like doing, but you do like doing. You hear what I'm saying? It's like this love-hate relationship. You, you, you do it because for whatever reason, you're dragged back to that place. And I wanna deal with this tonight because you know what? For so often, people in the kingdom of God, when they get dragged back into that stuff, we kind of feel like maybe you're, I'm a dirty man. Maybe, maybe I'm just a messed up individual. Maybe I'm just not... Uh, that individual that's gonna cut it in the kingdom of God, maybe I'm just gonna be a failure. But I wanna tell you this, is that, you know what, there's an inner motivation I wanna deal with tonight because there was something that happened at the cross, and I'm gonna show you this, that Jesus dealt with because every one of us at some point is gonna be dragged back to that old man, that old life, and he wants to deal with that tonight in Jesus' name. He's ready to deal with that in this place. And so what the Bible is actually referring to is what's known as 
a generational curse. So Holy Ghost, go to work. Holy Ghost, want to break every curse in Jesus' name. It's been said that you've heard the statement like father, like son, like mother, like daughter, right? And in the world context, they'll just say it's a DNA thing. Like, like uh, if you're a parent or you're a child, that I guess that's everyone in this place, but you can see strengths handed down from one generation to another. Right, right, you, you know what I'm saying? It's just like you can have a, a family member that's really great singer and you'll find the next generation can sing as well, right? You, you can find people really creative. It just flows through. People are, you hearing what I'm saying? There's strengths. Again. But you know what? There are some negative traits that actually get handed down. And there was a moment in my life where I was just like, man, I keep getting dragged back to this old stuff. And I had a moment where I thought about this and I was like, you know what? The stuff that I deal with, the stuff that my dad dealt with. And it was like, you know, there's this generational thing that's going on. And I, you know what the world would call it, uh, 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 I guess a, a DNA thing, but you could understand it. It's actually something that we may not put enough focus into. And I wanna just deal with it tonight. In fact, uh, the principle you'll find in Exodus chapter 20, verses four, you'll find it also in Exodus chapter 34 and seven, but it's also found in Numbers. We're gonna put this up on screen. Numbers 14, 18, it tells us the principle. It says this, the Lord is slow to anger, thank God, abounding in love, forgiving sin and rebellion. He does not leave the guilty unpunished and he punishes the children of the sin of their parents to the third and the fourth generation. Now, I thought to myself, well, you know what? I'm not aware of anyone in my family tree that is cursed or, you know, done something there. And I kind of thought, well, maybe this just doesn't apply to me. Maybe all those other people like yeah, out there, but you know, I got a pretty good family. But see, see I realized this is that, you know what? When I, when I sin, when I've sinned, it's not like I go and brag about it because there's shame attached to that stuff. You hearing what I'm saying? Like when you do stuff, you know you shouldn't do the shame. And so you keep that in secret. You, you keep it in that place. And so you know what? You, you've got great parents, grandparents. You've got a picture of your grandparents. For, for me to go, you know what? My, my, what well, there's a curse, that something that happened. In my, I've got this picture of these, my, my grandparents, the old they're in their 70s, 80s. I got an, I've still got a 98-year-old grandma alive today. Uh, my point is this, is that, you know what? I got this beautiful picture of who they are, but they were young once like me. I got two granddads that were part of the war. I don't know what they got involved with. I don't know what they were commanded to do. I don't know what they got involved with at that time. And I don't know what they've done that may be affecting my generation today and maybe my kids and my grandkids. You're hearing what I'm saying in this place. And so we've got to understand that there's this, I remember when I was, first time I actually went to Dallas, Texas, preaching in a church and I had a word of knowledge that there was someone that had a blood condition. It was the low blood pressure, that's what it was. And uh, who's that person? Well, there was reluctance in the place. Next thing, the pastor's wife put her hand up. She stepped forward. She was 50 years of age at this point. But I remember praying for her uh, and didn't think much of it, moved on. But a few years later, I get word that she's still alive. And I said, I don't, that does not make sense. I mean, of course, she was 50 years of age. And you know what? She's probably 55 now, you know, whatever. And, 
they said, no, no, what you've got to understand is this, is that uh, she, she was from a family where none of the females, none of the females lived over the age of 53. Because of this blood pressure issue that went on in their family, they all died at 53 years of age. It was just a thing that took place and she was looking on death's door and they said, you know what, she's still alive today and she attributes that moment where you prayed for her, broke the curse off her life and she's healed and alive and she's alive today in her mid-60s. There are 325 references in the Bible about generational curses. And before I go anywhere, I wanna make it very clear. Something clear in the place, you're not a bad person, right? Right, if you're struggling with stuff, you're not a bad person, you're not a dirty person, right? You're a human being that's gotta deal with stuff because there's a real enemy out there that wants to wipe you out. He wants to make you shamed, he wants to make you feel bad and he wants to drag you back into that lifestyle, right? I'm here to say this, I'm not here to point the finger, I'm simply here to say, you know what, there's a Jesus, that there's a real God in heaven that wants to turn your life around forever, your life never the same again. We're gonna deal with this tonight. So you know what, here's the cool thing, is when I did study into this, I heard people that got healed when curses were broken off their lives, people that were coming into financial abundance. I don't know if you're into that one. Debt being cleared, right? People that freed of addictions, people that got pregnant, people even losing weight after curse breaking out. Come on, Jesus, break the power of the thing, Jesus. So three ways. What are you laughing for? If you stand next to me, we're probably, everyone. I love you, Jeremy. Bit of a bromance just went down there. But I thought it was funny during the song. Your wife gave you a good boot there. You weren't jumping high enough during that. You weren't jumping at all, actually. So, so I wanna know right now, how does a curse come into our life? Three, three ways a curse can come into your life. Oh, I just wanna get this teaching out and then we're gonna deal with some stuff, right? That's what we're gonna do, right? right? If I can give you the teaching, you know how to deal with it, right? Three ways the Bible says a curse can come on us. Number one is through something we've done, two, something that someone has done to you, and thirdly, something you've inherited. So let's go through this individually. So something we've done. So there are sins that come with a curse. Right, you gotta understand when you get involved in sin, you dabble with sin, there's curses that come with it. There's a moment in John where Jesus turns up at the, the pool of Bethesda and there's a whole lot of sick people in that place and there's an invalid that he meets there, been in a condition for 38 years. What Jesus said to him, he says, rise up, take your mat and walk. You know the story, he takes the mat and he walks. Well, a few hours later, he walks into the temple and there, there's this man that's worshiping God in the temple. Jesus walks up to him. This is what he says in verses 14, chapter five of John. It says this, Jesus said to him, go sin no more, lest something worse happens to you. So you can understand that, you know what, when we go back to that old stuff, you know what, we actually put ourselves in a position where worse stuff can come on our lives, right? So sins like unforgiveness, sex outside of marriage, adultery, homosexuality, uh, dabbling with the occult, uh, witchcraft, abortions, uh, pornography, gossip, hatred, violence, all these things could, and I'm just gonna make it really, could bring a curse on our life. 
I want you to hear my heart here. Could, I'm not saying it, it necessarily would, but sometimes it could. It'd be a would could you hear what I'm saying? And so uh, I remember a, a, a new couple came to our church, got saved, beautiful looking girl, and she was in the fashion industry. And she, one day when we were sitting at dinner, me and my wife and this couple, and she, she, she kind of wanted to tell us something, but kind of afraid to tell us. And she told me that when she was uh, many years earlier, she had seen ghosts in the house that she was living in. And, and when she tried to tell someone about it, they actually took her and they threw him into a, a hospital. And they, they said, your brain's messed up. And so they put her on these drugs and they did all these things and uh, the psychiatric hospital to fix her up. And so, you know what? She was fearful to bring it up with anyone and fear that she'd get thrown back in that place. I said, girl, you've got to understand that, you know what, this is a spiritual world we live in. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And I spent some time talking about there is a real devil and there's a host of demons out there that hates you and they'll appear, they'll try and freak you out and you've got to understand, right? In the Western world, we don't get this stuff, but some people, they see these things. And I said, guess what? It's okay. But I said to her, I said, listen, I need to ask you a question. Did you ever get involved in the occult? She's like, what's that? And I explained, like, did you ever do like stuff even as a kid, like a Ouija board? And she goes, uh, I did one with my friends. Is there something wrong with that? And I said, hey, you could have opened a door there. I remember breaking the curse off her life in that space and man, seeing the joy, the life come into that girl's world. Negative self-talk can bring a curse on your life. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. You know what? If you speak death over your world, if you speak death over your, your circumstances, you know what? You could put a curse on your life, right? So, so through sin, but then there's the other way is something that someone's done to you. So if you had a, an authority, speak negatively over your life. I remember one time a spiritual authority early in our marriage when we lived in New Zealand, spoke to Rihanna and I and said, everything you do is gonna be cursed. My wife, when she was a kid, was told by her teacher at school, you have a hopeless voice. And she carried that around for many years. See, see, we can have words spoken by authority. Parents, you're hopeless, you're stupid, you're fat, you're ugly, you're gonna amount to nothing, you're gonna end up jail and jail like the rest of your family. The other way is, you know what, some sort of abuse happens to us. If you've been sexually abused, physically abused, emotionally abused, gone through some sort of abuse, there could be a curse that's on your life. Or there could be something that we've inherited. And that's what I wanna focus on very quickly right now. Lamentations 5, 7. It says, our fathers have sinned and they're no more, but we bear their punishment. NLT version says it like this, and we are suffering the punishment that they deserve. Kind of a bit unfair, right? And so you know what, you, your mum and dad may not live in the household, but you know what, you're dealing and you're being dragged back and sinned. It's an old lifestyle, old ways in that space there. But I want you to know this, is that you know what, Jesus just didn't die for your sin. He actually dealt with this thing here. In Isaiah 53 and verse five, it says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed. Now I want you to see these two words. There's two words up there. One is transgression, the other one is iniquities, right? You see that there, right? right? Now, now I thought they were the same thing. I kind of thought that they were like, uh, see, see transgression is a violation of laws and of command. 
right? Transgression is, is when we sin, right? And so, so it says there that he was wounded for that. We know that. But, but it says there that he was wounded for our transgressions. But, but, but look at this. He was bruised for our iniquities. Now, I want you to see this. A wound is on the outside of the body. When a body is wound, you see blood, right? I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, but I know this. There's a wound, right? Blood comes out, right? A bruise is something that's happened under the skin. You see the, you, it, you, it's not as obvious, but the skin is slightly discolored in that space. It, it, it's something that's happened in there. You don't, it's kind of a shadow of what's going on. I'm gonna use that word shadow of what's going on. You see, what you gotta understand is this, is that the word iniquity is speaking of the motivation that draws us to sin, the curses that draw us back to sin, right? So I want you to see this and I want you to hear this. In Hebrew, he's saying, Jesus was bruised for the spirit that makes a person do what he does, right? So not only did Jesus die on the cross for your sin, but he also died on the cross to destroy that curse that is dragging you back into that sin. If you get a revelation of this and understand this, because we've been dragged back into this lifestyle, this stuff that we hate, we're embarrassed about, but I'm telling you, he died on the cross and tonight we're gonna break the curse in Jesus' name. How do I know if I'm cursed? Well, there's a number of things that, uh, if you've got mental, emotional issues, it could be a sign, it could be. I'm just gonna use that word, could be, right? If you've got repeated chronic sickness, Authorities have said that 75% of sickness is psychosomatic. Uh, female problems, barrenness, unable to conceive, breakdown of marriage, family alienation, uh, continual uh, financial insufficiency, um, being accident prone, uh, history of suicide, unnatural deaths, uh, spiritual slumber, uh, compulsive behaviors. I wanna say this, if any of those lists are listed off there, uh, you gotta understand, Derek Prince said that it could be a sign that there's a curse in your life. Give me a show of hands if any of those kind of maybe kind of got a shadow maybe in this place here. My hands are up, my feet are up. Come on, let's be honest in this place. See, see, it's these moments we kind of feel a little bit of shame. We can understand that, you know what, it's, it's a curse that's dragging us back to that space, right? How do we break it off? Number one, we confess our belief that Jesus has the ability not just to forgive our sins, but to deal with this iniquity that's drawing this motivation that's taking us back to this way. Secondly, confess any unknown sin. Thirdly, forgive people. And then we gotta renounce our connection to that stuff. And so you know what, if you've been involved in any sort of occultish practices, you know what, renounce that stuff, any sin, renounce that stuff. And then take authority over those things. Take authority using the name that's above every name. The Bible says that every knee must bow down at the great name of Jesus. And you say, devil, no longer will you take me back into that place. I break the power of that curse over my life. We're gonna deal with that right now. Who wants to dealt with in their life? Come on, show, show hands in this place. Who would prefer to go back to their sin and shame and embarrassment? Anyone here in this place? That means that every one of you want to have the victory in this place. Second Peter 2 19 says, you're a slave to whatever controls you. And I guarantee if I sat with you long enough, there is something that is dragging you back. Something that's got a noose around your head and, it's, and it could be a curse that we need to deal with tonight. And so can we stand in this place? We're gonna deal with this in this seat.
wanna identify some of these things in the place. But I want you to just close your eyes right now and just ask God, God, could there be a curse? Where's the curse? What's the curse? Curses that may cause sickness and disease. Maybe there's something that's taking place in your, your, your family line. Maybe there's something you, you see that's taking place. I, I see some families, they go from one hospital visit to another hospital visit to another hospital visit. You know what? It could be a curse. Curse that, you know what, causes lack and poverty. Maybe for whatever reason, every time you push forward. It seems like I'm stuck in this place of lack and poverty. Others are prospering around me, but you know what? I feel stuck right now. Maybe it's a curse of failure that's taking place, a curse that's causing barrenness, a curse that's causing lust, a curse that's causing nightmares, a curse that may be in your life that uh, is causing you to respond when authorities are dealing with you, right? So I'm gonna say a prayer and I want you to repeat these words after me. So close your eyes across this room. Say these words, dear Lord Jesus, I take the responsibility for the effect generational sin is in my family. It isn't my sin, but it's affecting me. Spiritual, uh, sorry, scripture is clear that if we repent of these things, we'll be released from them. And so Father, I repent of generational sin and curses that are in my life. I declare Jesus is Lord over my circumstance and situation. And I receive my deliverance here tonight in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what I want you to do right now is I just want us to pray. I'm gonna, I'm gonna specifically speak to certain people right now, but can we just break out, just pray in the Holy Ghost right now across the room here. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we're gonna break something in this place. Father, we break the power of every curse in this room. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And what I wanna deal with right now, so I wanna deal with people in this room. You can put your hands down right now, but if you're in this place and you kind of find yourself dealing with, I, I guess, continual depression and anxiety in this place. It could be a curse. It may not be a curse, but it could be a curse. But if you're fighting that right now, can you just lift your hands right where you are, right there in that space. Don't be ashamed of that. His mental health has gone crazy. But you know what? If something has been here, it's people have been in this place right now. And there's someone around about you that, that's got their hands raised. Just move to them right now. Pastoral team, prayer team, just walk across the room and lay hands upon them because I'm gonna pray right now. Before I pray though, I ask you in this room right now, if there's any known sin, why don't you repent of that right now? Repent of that stuff. Here we go. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this depression, take authority over this anxiety, Break the power now. Break the power now in Jesus' name. Break the power now. Loose them. Loose them now in Jesus' name. Set them free. Set them free. Set them free now. Set them free now. 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 Now in Jesus' name. That thing that's dragging back, that iniquity is no more. That motivation, no more. 
From this point forward, you're gonna be dragged into hope in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, what I want you to do, stop praying for them, but those that have got their hands lifted just right now, I want you now to receive hope. I want you to receive hope. God's called you to be the head, not the tail on top, not to be, be the bottom. He said, he, he bless you. Your best days are ahead. Your greatest days are ahead. Father, fill them with hope in Jesus' name. Tonight, as you walk out, you thank God when you woke up in the morning, thank God that, you know what, that curse was broken. Thank God for the hope of a better day in Jesus' name. I kind of felt like when I stepped into tonight that there were some people that had authorities, authorities that, that has, when I mentioned that authority thing, you remembered a moment where a parent, where could have been a boss, it could have been a spiritual figure, said something and it was like a curse that went into your life and you've been carrying this to this day. If that's you, just lift your hands right now. Come on, be honest in this place. There's hands popping all around the room. Thank you, Jesus. Lay hands on these people if you're around about these people. Father, we take authority right now. Break the power, Lord God, of, the, of negative words spoken. Break the power now. Set them free. Set them free, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus. Loose them. Loose them now. Set them free. Set them free now in Jesus' name. Set them free in Jesus' name. Set them free in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now, what you need to do is you need to replace it. Find words, find words from Scripture. Fill your mind with Scripture. Go, go on an assignment this week. It's like, like medicine you need to take. Take it, fill that space. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Fill in that space. I, I wanna do something right now. If you are a PK, right? I want you to stand in the middle right now, right? You might be fully grown right now. Your parents were pastors at some point. I want you to come and stand in the middle right now. Jeremy is one of them. Yes, you are, right? But you're a PK. Just stand in the middle right now. Thank you, Jesus. I kind of felt compelled today. Maybe you've got parents that have been in the ministry. Maybe your parents were missionaries somewhere. I don't know your story. I don't know where it's at, but they were in ministry of some. You're a PK. You're a pastor's kid. I'm gonna ask the pastoral team, right? Pastoral team, can we just gather around them right now? Because what you gotta understand is this, is that, you know what? The devil's so threatened by PKs because what you gotta understand is that PKs have some, some people in the front, some, some people in the front, some behind them. Thank you, Jesus. But you gotta understand the enemy so threatened by them because you know what? They know the word, they know the stuff and they've got so much potential in the place. The enemy would come to put a curse on their lives. And so, come on, let's stretch your hands out right now. Father, we take authority. We take authority right now. We break the power right now. I break the power of the curse. Break the power of the curse in Jesus' name. Break the power of the curse. Set them free now, Jesus' name. Set them free. Set them free. Set them free now. Loose them now. Loose them now. Loose them now, Lord. Loose them now, Lord. Set them free. Loosen now, Holy Ghost, fire the Holy Ghost. Break the power of the curse. Every assignment, I break its assignment in Jesus' name. Father, we declare, Lord God, where the enemies come. Father, fill them with dreams, fill them with desire. Father God, we, we, we declare, Lord God, they're gonna conquer. 
They're going to do great things in the kingdom of God. They're going to do great things in the kingdom of God. Come off, we believe it. Put our hands together. Let them dream like never before. Let them do keep things in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Can, can you link hands across this room right now? Just grab a hold of someone's hand across this room. I want someone to be holding a hand. Holy Ghost, if you're not holding someone's hands, you're going to miss out. But Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Father, we stand in agreement, Lord God, curses are broken, the iniquities that are driving us back to that stuff, Lord God. Fathers, we got the revelation of it, Lord God. We let that thing rise, Lord God. That revelation rise, Father. We declare in Jesus' name, Father, a new day. Temptations, Lord God, no more in Jesus' name. The ability to say no in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you this one thing. I remember in an altar time once, a guy came up, was filled like this. Stay where you are. Don't move. Whatever you do. He came forward and he goes, Pastor, can you pray? I'm struggling with lust. Can you pray that God takes away the lust? And I said, so you want me to pray that God takes away the lust? Temptation, lust? And he goes, yeah, okay. I said, all right. I said, here I go. You, you want this? And he goes, okay. I said, I said Father, as I lay hand, my hands upon my brother here, I pray that you'd strike him dead and never comes back to life again. And as I put my hands on him, he said, hey, hey, wait a second, I didn't ask you to do that. I said, I said, listen to me, you gotta understand temptation is gonna be with you for the rest of your days. You can never avoid it. I said, there's no prayer that you can get rid of this stuff. There's no pill that you can take to take away temptation. You're gonna deal with it for the rest of your days. What I can do is I can pray that you know what, you have the strength. You have the strength to overcome this stuff. You can say no to this stuff. What we've done tonight, what we've done tonight is we've cut that cord, that, umb that, that umbilical cord to iniquities, right? Curses, they come back like sparrows. They, they return to that place and they're gonna want you to return. But you know, understand God has done something tonight for you to say, no, I'm not going back to that stuff anymore. Come on, give him a hand in this place. As you go back to your seats. I'm way over time, but there are people in this place. You've turned up here tonight. Maybe you're dragged along by a friend. The Bible says that we pass from this life to the next. We'll stand before Jesus, the one who created the heavens and the earth. The decisions we make determine where we end up on the other side. What I wanna do is I wanna pray a prayer. I wanna give you an opportunity to get your life right with Christ. I'm gonna pray. You know what, something's gonna shift in your heart. I remember doing this many years ago, but you know what, what happened was is I gave him my, my sin. He gave me forgiveness. I gave him my deadness. He gave me his life. So we're gonna pray right now. And I ask you to close your eyes across this room. The count of three. If you're in this room, you've never given your life to Christ. You're backslidden. In other words, you're once with God, you fell away from God. Well, you know what? Number three, you're just not living 100% for God. I'd ask you to lift your hands and by you lifting your hands, you'd be saying, Pastor, would you include me in a prayer? So here we go. If that's you, one of those three things, lift your hands. Here we go. One. Don't worry about the person left and right here. Two, be bold. Here we go. I say this next number, if that's you. Would you boldly lift your hands? Here we go. Three, lift your hands if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Thank you, I see that hand. Two hands on this place. Is there anyone else in this place that says, Pastor, include me in a prayer. I wanna get my life right with God. This morning we had about 15 hands go up across the two services. 
Is there anyone else in this place that says, Pastor, include me in a prayer. I wanna get my life right with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we say these words after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight. I ask that you forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, come into my life. I wanna follow you from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give these people a hand in the place. So good, so good. I'm gonna hand it back. At the end of the service, you know, there are some specific things you want broken off your life. There'll be a prayer team here. And I'll be here, I'm happy to pray for anyone that's, you know, if there's some stuff that, you know what, I just need to get it off my chest and tell a stranger, I'll be that person. I'd love to break that stuff off your life. Your best days are ahead, my friend. Come on, give Jesus a hand.